Welcome to Real Estate Pro Tips and Strategies. The theme is how to buy a home or sell a home in a changing real estate market. Hi, my name is Pete Sabine and I'm here with my team partner, Leslie Whitney. We are real estate professionals with Compass and the five-star real estate team here in the San Francisco Bay Area. We want to share with you our real estate expertise to give you a competitive edge and provide insight with useful information so you can make an informed decision for your next home purchase. Leslie and I break down the most important aspects of real estate. Future podcasts will reveal how to navigate as a home buyer or seller. Let's begin our podcast. Welcome to part two as we continue our conversation with Joe Stokely talking about the advantages of professional property management. Being a landlord requires effort and dedication. Tenant landlord laws are complex and constantly changing. If you live far away from your rental property or have other personal commitments, hiring a property management company can be a good option. A professional property manager can relieve you of the burden and hassle of managing your income investment properties. This ensures timely payment of rent, proper maintenance of the home, and fewer problems during the tenancy period. Today we have a guest. With us is Joe Stokely. Joe is the broker owner of Stokely Properties in San Francisco Bay Area City of Pleasant Hill. We've talked a little bit about showing the homes and then obviously one of the big services you provide is finding a suitable tenant for your clients. Um, um, how do you go about doing that? What is the criteria for screening applicants? and selecting the most, the best tenant for, for the property? So what we have to do is we have to practice fair housing laws, okay? And we have to treat everybody the same, which is which is really cool because uh, I don't have to think that very hard about Like, yeah, oh, I got one set right. of criteria for this person and different. That's right. like, hey, guess what? Everybody's the same. There's only a few criteria, really, right? I mean, it just narrows it down to a few. Right, right. Income, so, so right, um, or... yeah, the, well, so the owner of the property, they could say, hey, it's important to me that they have an 800 credit score. So... Mm -hmm. You can do little twists and turns and things like that, but uh, you know. But we're consulting with our owners and say, okay, if you really want to rent this, you know, you got to be a little flexible. And some people might not want, if they have a house, they might not want a pet like a dog. I'm like, you know what? You're if you don't allow a dog, you're blocking out half of the potential people yeah. that can rent this house because, you know, probably your mom and dad and some kids are going to live here and they're going to want a dog, all right? But we have a very um, strict and thorough screening process for pets all right and the whole nine yards on that so it's almost like the pet has to qualify separately of the they tenant. do yeah they do they do really? they do yeah we don't charge more money for the rent for that some some people do pet pet rent but um but yeah um so we you know coach our our owners like okay this is mm -hmm. you know really kind of if you if you really are serious if you really want us to help you you know this is what, how we do things but basically uh, to answer your question, the simple way is like who the first applicant that has the minimum standards, all the information there, they're the ones that you rent to. Okay. Right? So you don't get all the applications and line them up and go, which one do I like best? Oh yeah. You, you can't do that. Yeah. So it's like the first one that comes in and if they don't have a, the complete application or whatever, you know, I'm not going to wait, 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 wait. Right. Next one comes in, you know, so if they don't have the minimum standards, then they're not, the application, the applicant yeah. we're going to take because um, I forget what the fee is, but it's like $50 or something, mm -hmm. the application fee. And uh, we don't run every application mm -hmm. unless, you know, it, it has the right information mm -hmm. that gets expensive for people. So, so once we get the right, the applications that have the 
all the, the minimum standards mm -hmm. and we run their credit and they got good credit. And then we're calling their references. Um, most important people are their past landlords. Mm -hmm. So we're just not calling your current landlord mm -hmm. and you're saying they're wonderful. They're great. Cause you may hate them and say anything to get rid of them, mm -hmm. but you know, you're saying they're good, nice people pay their rent on time. Then I'm calling the landlord prior to you, maybe, you know, mm -hmm. two, three years I've been with you. Then I'm calling Pete. They rent it two or three years sooner. So if I got everybody saying, these people are great. They're, you know, tell them I said, hi, they're really nice people, paid their rent on time, took good care of the property. And they got the income there, you mm -hmm. know, they, they're, they're, you know, they got some stability. They're not job hopping every six months, good credit, all those type of things. Yeah. They're, they're the people. You right. Know, what else do you want? You know? So, you know, good history. Okay. Okay. So, Okay. I mean, that, that's a big, this is a big topic as sure. far as what's allowed and what isn't allowed. And I don't know if we well, have to get into it, I'm but it's a, different... it's a big topic, but yeah. I think the benefit to a property management is, is that you guys know what the rules are and what the laws are and what they can. Yeah. Oh, it's and, scary. And There's a lot of people, mom and pop, no. not property management yeah. companies, but mom and pops that they're breaking rules right. and laws all exactly. the time. For one reason, they're changing all the time. Right. They're not, they might be breaking laws or rules unintentionally. Right. It's just that but they haven't followed up on them in 25 years. Especially <laughs> in California. Yeah. 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 So, you know, again, like I was saying, like just not collecting rents, but keeping people out of trouble. Yeah, exactly. You know? um, yeah. I'm trying important. to think. I got some funny stories about that, but you know, um, you know, people tell me, okay, this is what kind of tenant I went yeah. in there and I'll let them talk. Blah, blah. I'm going like, I can't do that. Yeah. I go, yeah. I can't, I can't like, you know, I can't yeah. do that. You know, like right. I, or I don't want kids. I don't want kids, you know. I was going like, to ask you about that. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. Uh, and I was like, no, no, that's discrimination. I go like, you know, you're not in a, like a senior center or whatever it's called, a 55 yeah, and older. Yeah, yeah, it's not, your house isn't there. So that's discrimination. Like you said, <laughs> just just funny stories. I can write a book. Maybe I will, you know. <laughs> okay, well, one, one little question about that. Can sure. you limit the number of occupants? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So the way that works, people... You know, and I and I I empathize with them. Like, oh, what if you're going to have all these people yeah. in there? So there's no law in California that says how many people you can or cannot have live in a property. Mm -hmm. There's no law saying only five people or twenty people or one person. Mm -hmm. But there's like a like a general standard um, by uh, basically like if it's a if it's a two bedroom apartment, let's say. So the the rule there would be you have a maximum of five people living there. Two per bedroom and one on the couch. Okay. Okay. I wouldn't want to live there. Okay. okay. It's too crowded for me. Five people all live in a two bedroom apartment like that. Yeah. But but that's basically the general guideline. Mm -hmm. So if some family was coming in and said, Well, there's nine of us. Yeah. And we want to live in a two bedroom, we you'd say you no. You can say no and that's too small. Okay. It's like it's gonna be just yeah. wear and tear. Where's everybody gonna park? It's it's not built for that. Yeah. So but again, there's no law telling okay. you that so it's kind of just a guideline for each bedroom two in the bedroom and one on the couch okay interesting does that help you yes okay. uh, I, was, I was just curious about that um what is the difference between a month-to-month -month rental agreement and a lease agreement so a, le a lease is a lease a lease could be uh as many uh, that's just right. the terms which yeah. change so a lease is just the agreement like the contract and uh so there is no standard lease um, but we generally do a one year lease. Okay. Uh, you can do month to month. All right. But I think it's harder to attract good people because at any one time during normal times here in California, if you're on just a month to month, anytime the landlord can come along and say, Hey, I'll give you a 30 day notice to move out if you're on a month to month. So you yeah. might be there for four months and then 
being asked to move. We charge our owners for our services, and I don't think they want to be charged every few months, people moving in and out. So we do a one-year lease. Okay. And um, But the benefit to month to month is um, if the owner whatever wants to sell the property or move back into it, they don't have to wait nine months or a year. You know, they, they can right. say, hey, I'll give you a 30-day note. There's all kinds of rules and stuff. Yeah. But anyway, that, that it's just terms. So okay. at least is the contract and month to month is just that. It goes month to month or, okay, or but, a one year lease. But nothing is being renewed each month. I know some people get that misunderstood. It yeah, yeah, rolls, yeah. But rolls just, over each the, month. The, the, way, the way we do it is so we do a one year lease and after that one year is up, it can revert to month to month. Okay. Right. You don't have to sign another one year lease and then it automatically goes month to month. All the terms of the lease are still there, but you don't have a contract that you're living there for the next year or two or three years. Right. So the benefit to that is the renter, the resident, can say, hey, we're buying a house or we're moving out of state. They're not locked into a, another year there. They can give 30-day notice and move. Right. So there's benefits and negatives to, to both sides. Okay. Will you ever uh, do a lease for longer than one year? Sure. We've done a few of those. Okay. Depending, depending. Yeah, I don't like doing that. I mean, I don't think that's in the owner's best interest because um, if an owner says, hey, I, you know, give them a three-year lease, I go, okay, that's that's fine, but you're locked in. That's a contract. I go, if something changes in your life in the next few years and you want that house back, they don't have to move. Right. That's why I like year to year. It Even just, if they wanted to sell the house because of the lease, the tenants are included in the deal. Yeah, they right? don't have to. Yeah, they don't have to move because they want to sell it if they have a yeah. long-term lease like that. Um, uh, but yeah, so yeah, we do that, but it's rare. You know, most people are most, most people. It's funny. Most people they want to have the security, but they don't want to have make the long-term commitment yeah. necessarily. So yeah. it, it goes both ways. Okay. What about breaking a lease, as an example? Mm -hmm. What's involved with the tenant wanting to leave early? Life happens. Right. We have to move. Yeah. Sorry, you know, we've been here for three months. We've got a one-year lease. But we got a job transfer. Right. What then? Yeah, you can have a job transfer or there's a divorce or, you know, who doesn't matter what the thing is. But like, hey, we signed this one-year lease. Okay, so they're on the hook. Legally, it's California law that, um, hey, things happen. And they move out and uh, they're on the hook to continue to pay the rent until we find a new tenant. All right. Mm -hmm. For that. And then they also are required to pay the releasing fees. So it shouldn't be a detriment to the owner. The owner's not breaking the agreement. It's the resident that's causing the, the issues here. Yeah. So they're responsible <laughs> for to continue to pay the rent until a new lease is signed and they pay the releasing fee. So the, there's no interruption of income coming to the owner, all right? Mm -hmm. Now, on our side, our responsibility is we can't drag our feet and go, now we're not ready to put it up for rent for a few months because I'm going on vacation or something like that. Well, wait a minute, I'm paying rent, and there's nobody being advertised to. to re so, you know, we got to get in there, clean it up in a reasonable time, get it back on the market to, to advertise it to market. But, yeah, so in the case of people breaking their lease, that happens, but they're responsible to continue to pay the rent and to pay the releasing fees. Okay. Um, what is subsidized housing and what are the pros and cons of renting to tenants under a subsidized housing program? Well, subsidized housing uh, can mean a lot of different things. Basically, somebody's helping to pay your rent. Mm -hmm. So uh, a lot of people have heard of you know, Section 8, the housing authority, but there's also a lot of really good charitable programs out there, mm -hmm. um, like the veterans or Catholic charities or whatever, just 
just organizations out there to help people make ends meet. And, um, and we work with all of them, you know, so, it, you know, the, we, we, uh, we screen the residents that are going to live there the same way we would anybody else. doesn't matter if they're being subsidized. If, if, uh, if somebody goes through a divorce and they get, um, you know, child support payments or, or, uh, or, you know, whatever that's subsidized housing. So any, anytime anybody's helping you pay a bill, you're being subsidized. So, um, you know, some people think that, um, if they work with uh, the housing authority of section eight, that that's a benefit to them because they're getting like a, you know, like, like a check for sure. They don't have to worry about, you know, that's a matter of opinion. I don't know if, you know, mm -hmm. I wouldn't like say, yeah, that's a hundred percent. You're absolutely right. So, um, you know, there's pros and cons to that. When you do subsidize housing with an organization like the housing authority section eight, you're, you're dealing with a lot more rules. You're dealing with their rules. And, um, and sometimes things don't always move as fast as you'd like them to do. Uh, with, um, yeah, you know, it's, it, there's got its pros and cons. Yeah. So. so it's like the third wheel. I mean, it, the housing authority has their standards about the housing itself. Yep. You yep. have to meet those guidelines, their minimum standards, right? Right. And then the tenant has to qualify for the program. And then somewhere in between that, the property manager and the property owner fits into that, right? Yeah. We're, we're managing the property the same way we would. We, we don't treat it any worse or better. Mm -hmm. It's just that you're dealing with this other entity. So yeah. like the housing, the housing authority and maybe a, 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 another layer set of rules that you have to go go with. Not 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 yeah. horrible, but it's it's more complicated than just dealing not dealing with them. Mm -hmm. Right. Like so an analogy would be in real estate, you can go to a bank and get a loan to buy a house or you can get a loan that's backed by FHA or some other governmental agency that insures the loan, but they have an overlay to the qualifying standards, not only for the borrower, but for the property they're loaning against. Exactly. So the property yeah. owner's going, hey, wait, I've got another buyer over here with a normal loan. Let's just go that way. It's easier for me. So they end up taking the deal, the, the right. offer from that buyer instead of the one with a complicated government yeah, you got a government. Yeah, so every year they do an inspection of the property, and no matter what, because I've owned properties where we have people that are on subsidized housing, and the, it could be the same inspector every year come there, and never said anything about that receptacle. Okay, and everything passes with flying colors, but this year, oh, that receptacle needs to be replaced, or what? They they got to like do yeah. something to justify their job. So yeah. every house gets flagged for something. If there's a screen missing in a window. You know, you get, and what they do is they pull back your payment until it gets uh, remedied, mm -hmm. you know, so. Oh, okay. Well, it's an incentive for you to fix it. Yeah. You know, so right. anyway, but you know, some people that that's great. That's cool. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm, and I don't go around tell everybody, Hey, that's the way to go. That's cool. Right. Yeah. Okay. So a big part of your service obviously is finding tenants and how do you, um, how do you use the most effective resource to market a property to a large pool of prospective tenants? Well, um, it's amazing, but signs still work. Okay. A oh, sign. yeah? For drive-bys? Totally, yeah. I mean, huh. people might live in a neighborhood, and they would never know if that place is for rent because yeah. they're not looking for something to rent yeah. for themselves. But a sign pops up, and then they can tell their friend or whoever, like, yeah. hey, you know. But the Internet, you know, we uh, we have our website, the Stokely Properties website, and um, and then we, uh, through Rently, again, another tool Rently has is you post all your properties through that, and that that pushes that marketing out to like 25 different real estate related websites like Zillow mm -hmm. or Hotpads and Trulia and 
God knows how many other sites you never even heard of. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it, it's out there. Mm -hmm. And I would say the majority of everybody, when they start their search, they go to the internet. To, mm -hmm. I'm looking for a three bedroom, two bath house in right. Pleasant Hill. Just Google. Exactly. Google it. So mm -hmm. yeah, that works out pretty well. Okay. So what about the presentation online? Do you use like professional photos or anything like that so that when people are surfing the net, it looks really good when they see it or? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. I, I think the pictures look good. Um, we don't, some people pay to have for professional photographers. All right. And, and that cost, if we did that, would be passed on to somebody, you know, so we're not doing that. We're, we, um, our agents are, I think, really good with uh, using their iPhones and mm -hmm. Moving the trash cans out of the way when they take a <laughs> picture of the front of the house. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, like, right. you know, don't just take a flat picture of the front of the house, get an angle, do it on a nice blue sky day, you know. So, um, you know, we know little tricks to really take them and present them as well as possible. So, uh, so yeah, absolutely. Lots of pictures. I mean, people usually first see the property on the, on their computer screen. So, they either fall in love with it right away or they don't like it. So I'm, I'm telling yeah. our people, hey, you know, take these nice pictures, you know, all these little tricks that you do to make them more presentable and explain everything about the property. You know, we have maps where things are located. So, um, you know, I, I think I think you look at that and either you like it or you don't like it. You know, and then right. we want people to go to the property and see it because seeing on the computer is one thing and seeing in real life. Mm -hmm. is another so uh, but yeah it, it's mm -hmm. important the presentation and we want to make it look as nice as possible mm -hmm. yeah um what do you offer tips and evaluate the condition of a home to recommend improvements sure that will increase its appeal and rental value absolutely okay. yeah absolutely yeah saying like yeah you got to paint these walls yeah. or you need new carpeting or you know you got that's a good service to provide. Oh, yeah. I and mean, a lot of people, they, they even ask, like, do you do that before I say I can do that? But, you know, <laughs> right. we, we have to do right. that because. But not everybody does, I imagine. No, no. well, but um, if some people don't, then we tell them they need to because yeah. that's, again, like the product we're offering and what, right. who's it going to attract, what kind of people would it attract. So, um, yeah, but we do that. That's you know? okay. Mm -hmm. That's a great service. Mm -hmm. So, collecting timely rent every month is really important to ensure the consistent cash flow. So how do you assure the property owner that you'll collect the rent on time? What, well, how does that work? How we assure them? Yes. Yeah, um, <laughs> um, yeah so we don't guarantee anything. Good. Um, uh, you know, <laughs> so that's, that's a really tough question um, because, uh, you know, we're, we're trusting and we're working with the past history of the people that we screened to apply into the home that they have a good track record you know and right so that's our insurance like hey we wouldn't put somebody in this property that has a horrible track record of paying their bills on time right so these people are super strong they have a good credit history you know good, good landlord history so that's pretty much our best assurance yeah um, you know that, okay you know because uh and and that we're presenting you know we're offering a a nice property, you know, it, you know, it, it's just not habitable, but it's a nice property. If things break, we get them fixed. I, you know, it, it's a partnership, I think, between the the owner of the property and the people that are living there. Mm -hmm. You know, like if if you take care of the property and pay the rent on time, then of course, if things break, I'm gonna I'm gonna be responsible, to mm -hmm. take care of them. So, you know, there's a mutual, I think, good relationship with everybody, and that past uh, track record of people that that's the assurance. Right. I mean, anything could go wrong. People, I, you yeah. know, over the years, you know, we've all seen good, solid people go through bad times and, 
things yeah. fall apart and nobody could ever predict that in the yeah. future. So the lease agreement says the rent is due on this date and then it's late on this date. And then there's this time period typically where there's late fees because it's late. So you've got all those mechanisms built into the lease agreement with mm -hmm. the tenant and the owner sees that in the lease and they just agree to that plan if the tenant, if the rent comes in late, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, we're, we're really fortunate. We don't have a, a problem with people paying their rent late. They, mm -hmm. they, they pay it. Most people pay it online and it's just sucked out of their bank account, you know, yeah. so it's pretty automatic. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, we don't have an issue with people paying rent late chasing people down for money. I, I couldn't do this if that was what the job was. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And so how, how does that work? Do the rent money, how does it end up in the property owner's account? Does how does it... that end up in my pocket? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The skim. Yeah, does it go through your pocket first? Okay, so everything I, got, I said earlier, everything goes into Appfolio, yeah. and then it goes out of Appfolio. So we need we collect all the rents so we can document it, you know, so the people can have on their reports for their taxes and everything like that. So yeah, we, you know, we collected $3,000 and then that comes in an R account and we take our fee out of it. And then it goes out to the account, direct deposit okay. to our owners. And it, and it's a definite timeline, like one day or. No, hours. it doesn't have, that's a good question. Um, it doesn't all happen in a day. Um, people, uh, hard, have a hard time believing that it still takes time for money to clear the bank, even right. in this electronic yeah. age. So, so we say the rent is due on the first through the third and it's late on the fifth. Yeah. Okay. So we, but perfect world here. So we get the rent and, and anybody says, yeah, well, I need to get that rent like right away because my mortgage payment's right. on the 10th. I'm like, well, you know what? Look at getting the rent early. Now that not late, you're getting it early for next month because I, I can't right. get it to you by the 10th. What are you talking about? If you get it on the 5th, well, no, we have to wait 10 banking days for that money to clear. So that usually people get it maybe on the 15th or the 20th. Really? Yeah. And uh, and, if, and if people have a problem with that, then I'm like, I'm sorry. I, yeah. Again, I'm not going to risk my license because the, the risk you take there is commingling. Right. Not that you're doing that intentionally, but if Pete pays his rent, um, let me get this. I, I, I have to send you your money. All right. Let me think. I got you guys are my clients and you pay your rent late <laughs> and I get the money and there's no money there, but I'm paying you your monthly income from somebody else. Yes. Like, it's like it, a Ponzi scheme. It's called commingling. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's just a big mess and I can avoid all that if there's money yeah. in the account. So like, rather than praying like, Hey, this money comes in all and right, just send right. it right out as soon as it comes in. And then if I got nothing there, you know, so that's all avoided. And the person, again, I'm not there for everybody. I'm not there to solve everybody's problem. If they're like, I, I just have to have that money by the 10th. I got to make my mortgage payment and stuff. And you're like not that. a bank. I mean, that's it. No, like well, I just tell them, like, look at it this way. Rather than it getting there late, look at that I'm a month early. Mm -hmm. Look at look at um, December's rent payment to, is to pay January's mm -hmm. mortgage payment. Right. You know, right. Yeah, that's the way to do so it. So that property owner probably should just gear their payment schedule yes. so that they're ahead of it by a payment so they're not feeling the squeeze or they, they should contact you to sell their house because they <laughs> should not be in the real estate investment business if yeah they're living paycheck to paycheck or month to month uh, that, i mean really that's not our client right the, the guy that's like yeah squeaking by and every little penny i mean yeah yeah that's yeah. not that's not our person 
So when there is a delay in collecting rent, what are the proper and legal ways to deal with that situation? <laughs> well, nowadays, it's a total mess. Yeah. If you're listening to this 10 years from now, it's a distant memory. But as of <laughs> December 8th, 2020, <laughs> um, the whole system's a mess um, with the legal system. Uh, for, fortunately, I use the word fortunate because we are fortunate. Uh, I'm very grateful that we don't have a lot of problems that you could have out there. Maybe I'm lucky. I don't know. But um, we don't have a lot of people that uh, have had the excuse of the uh, the coronavirus as a, as a reason for not paying rent. We've had a few, a few, but out of like 700 plus properties, very minimal amount. And those people that haven't paid that, let's say they just have a legitimate excuse. Um there's nothing you can do about it. You, you can't ever, even people that are taking advantage of the system, gaming the system, you can't evict them. Mm. You know, you can't, right. you can't do anything. So um, the, the tools that have been around forever up until last April uh, aren't at our disposal, but, but I'm really pleased to say everybody's behaving. Everybody, mm -hmm. everybody's doing a really good job with doing mm -hmm. what they're supposed to do. Um, in the case of somebody's not paying the rent, uh, there, there's not a lot we can do really right now. Yeah. We can't evict them. Hmm. We can't do anything like that. Back in the old days, um, if somebody, let me talk, let me talk about regular times, not right. this very short period of time. Right. So, um, yeah, if somebody, if we didn't collect the rent by the fifth, they would get a three day notice from us. And that's basically saying you owe your rent. So pay or quit. I mean, so is that whether it's a lease or a month to month? Either way, it's a three day notice. Either way, if you are obligated to pay the rent mm -hmm. and you don't pay it, I don't. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you're on month to month or week to week or month or whatever yeah. it is. It's like you're supposed to pay rent. We didn't get it, so we're giving you a notice to either pay in the next three days or get out. Right. And you know, quit. And um, so what happens after that is uh, people. Uh, you know, we don't hear from anybody. Then we uh, we're not lawyers, and and I don't do evictions on a regular basis, thankfully. Um, so you don't want to screw that up. So I think I always say it's best to get a, somebody that does this as a profession. So we'll, we'll hire an eviction attorney, and we have a couple that we recommend that we've worked with in the past that know the law, because you have to dot all the I's and cross all the T's. You do screw one little screw up. You know, you start from scratch. Notices and timelines and all yeah, that stuff. all that stuff. And, and uh, so, um, so yeah, we work with an attorney and they take over from there. Hmm. And then generally it, it's about six weeks um, before uh, the sheriff would be at the door. And there's usually three sheriffs. Um, so you'd go there, worst case scenario, you know, they're, they're still not out. So you go there with the three sheriffs and the locksmith. And um, mm -hmm. to get your to get possession back of the property, what I always try to do before I try to avoid that. I, you know, you're talking to the owner, go, hey, well, it's it's a lot cheaper, a lot quicker. Let's offer the people money. Obviously, they're having a bad time. Who who would want to do this? Who would not want to pay the rent to have all this drama? You know, mm -hmm. so let's go and offer them a thousand dollars. You know, mm -hmm. all twenties. You know, looks like a million dollars. Because all you want is possession back. Right. So if you pay a thousand bucks, that's going to be a lot cheaper than loss of rents, any damage right, to the property, right. paying an attorney. So sometimes that works. Yeah. Sometimes, uh, very, very seldom have I ever showed up to a property where the people are still there. Okay. Very, mm. And that's really sad. That means that they is, have nowhere to go. That, that means like, yeah. I got nowhere to go. But anytime I've ever had to do an eviction, I've done a few over the last 10 years, the people are gone. They're yeah. usually out the day before. So when you show up there with the sheriff's, yeah. There's nobody there. It's empty. Yeah. Okay. So that's the process. Mm -hmm. Most people, you scare them by saying, hey, look, man, you don't want to do this. 
because you're going to lose and that's going to be a judgment and a judgment's on your record for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And it just makes it hard for you to the rest of your life to, at least for the next 10 years. To, 10 years? To rent. Yeah. An rent. eviction judgment, that's called? No, just a, yeah, an eviction judgment. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, 10 that's years. longer than a bankrupt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. They just, just pay your bills or just get out, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. And it, 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 it'd be real hardship for people. Like, man, sure. it's going to be hard to buy a car. Yeah. I don't want to do that to people. No. You know? I don't. I mean, I say, let's not do this. Right. Yeah. You probably don't know what you don't know. Right. 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 Exactly. Okay. okay. Who holds the tenant security deposit? We do. Okay. Stokely Properties does. We have a trust account with the bank. And uh, we follow all the laws and guidelines on how to do that because that's a very sensitive issue. Okay. How to do that properly. So we hold all the security deposits. Um, sometimes owners want to hold them and we say no. Okay. Because when it comes time, when the people move out, that my opinion is that is the resident's money. Oh, We're holding their right. security deposit. Right. And the whole reason for that is like, hey, look, you return the property in the same condition or better or whatever right. that we delivered it to you. Okay. And uh, in some situations, owners get like, what does the owner want to hold that money for? Why, why do they want to hold that money? Well, do they get to decide on that? Like if they say, oh, gosh, there's scratches on the floor. No, I decide. I, I decide. I decide we hold the money. If they go, no, I want to hold it. I'm like, I can't help you. Yeah. Because it causes us problems. Right. If the people move out, the place is perfect. And I'm like, right. you got to give them all their security deposit back. Oh, no, I don't want to. Right. I went on a vacation. I spent it. I don't know what happened. Right. But now I'm like stuck. Like, right. I, oh, they didn't do it. They did a great job. They left it in great condition. All right. Now, now I got a problem with the owner. Yeah. It doesn't happen again very often, but it has happened with um, just, uh, you know, people's opinion. Like I think whatever sure. they think, you know, yeah. so um, anyway, but that eliminates a lot of things. So we hold the security deposit. Okay. Interesting. So not all property management companies do that. Some people are like, I don't want to hold it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just depends. But yeah. I, I think when the people are exiting, it makes it a much smoother um, uh, disposition when 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 we're wrapping things up. Mm -hmm. I mean, seriously, like, what does the owner need to hold the security deposit for? Right. They're going to spend it until they yeah. need to cough up the money to pay it back to them. It's like well, a I bonus. Just, I just thought the only reason was if, if the owner doesn't agree to refund the whole entire security deposit because of... Scratches on the floor, or the yeah, yard right. was dug up. That's or... true. Well, we can still go through all that. We can have that discussion, but we're we're holding the security yeah. deposit. Yeah, yeah, because now they're holding everybody hostage. Right. Yeah. So I think we touched on this earlier. I was going to ask you what the minimum recommended lease term is, and I think you mentioned one year is your minimum. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. There's no standard like this is how it always is, but I think one year, a twelve month period of time is reasonable mm -hmm. to go there okay. because. Two, three years, things happen on the flip side, people's lives, and right. they're they can't do anything if they like. I really need to sell the house. Yeah, you know. So it's just it's just easier, I think, going year to year. Okay. All right. Is smoking allowed in homes? I know that has changed those laws. Is that uh, correct? Well, we have uh, we don't allow smoking oh, of okay. anything, not just cigarettes, but anything. Really, not even medical marijuana. <laughs> no, really? smoke is smoke. Yeah, just because it's uh, and that's allowed. It's not allowed. I mean, it's allowed to forbid that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. People who smoke uh, cannabis are not protective. 
uh, class of people. So they're not special. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of ways you can do your cannabis without smoking it. You can, you can ingest it other ways. So, yeah, but smoking is smoking. No smoking cigarettes, no smoking weed, no smoking cigars, pipes, you know. Didn't they pass a law in California with uh, multifamily units that... Yeah, you can't yeah. smoke in them. It's like a state law for a duplex well, or a triplex. I think it's apartment a, buildings. Yeah, uh, and it's different ordinances for different cities. I don't know if the whole state's done it, but like for instance, Pleasant Hill, Walnut Creek, they have ordinances that you can't. Okay, so if you're at an apartment from us in one of these buildings, you can't smoke in the unit, and you can't smoke anywhere on the premises mm -hmm. there. Uh, and I'm like not the a, common areas. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a big smoking advocate, but I'm like, hey, if somebody wants to smoke, they should be allowed to smoke. So I guess they have to go on the sidewalk or roll up their windows in their car. I don't know. Or walk across the street to the other apartment. Yeah, yeah across there. town. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what their what their all options are there. But yeah, you, yeah. So with us, every property that we manage, that's your rule. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because it just causes yeah. damage. Yeah. Really bad. It's yeah. Really expensive. Yeah. Yeah. What are the pros and cons of allowing tenants to have pets? I mean, and what about the whole emotional support animals, ES? Yeah, so so that that um, so uh, what it, there is is a service animal, and that's not to get confused with the right. emotional support Different. animal. So if you have a like a seeing eye dog, that's a service animal. Yeah. Okay, that's licensed for that, and there's no you can't that there's no argument with that. Uh, emotional support animals or whatever names they came with people people um, try to take advantage of that. The law is kind of blurry there, but um, what we do is uh if people have one of those they just can't like go off the internet and, and buy a vest and wrap it around the dog and say you know they have to have like a with like a prescription note from their doctor so they have to there's some rules you have to mm -hmm. abide by mm -hmm. and uh so yeah that happens we don't have a big problem with that with people abusing that but it can be abused and people do abuse it where there's no pets allowed so then they go i got an right. emotional support animal yeah and then uh but we we make we hold their feet to the fire like oh, okay we believe that but you have to prove it to us you have to show right. us a, a doctor's prescription note okay yeah. okay and you can't charge extra security deposit for that okay I've had people say the owners saying well I want to increase the security deposit I go you can't for any pet actually right well the, the word the, the, the word is what you're using yeah. a pet you can but emotional support animal or a service animal is not a pet well I uh, I understood that uh, a security deposit is limited you can't charge unlimited amount of security deposit, right? It's what, two months or something? It's two months or three months if it's furnished. And the pet deposit has to... We, that, you know, I don't know I don't off know. the top of my head, but it's like, you know, yeah. we usually charge 20 or 25% increase with that. Okay. But the bottom line is um, you can charge a security deposit if it's a pet, but an emotional support animal is not considered right. a pet. Yeah. It's not an emotional support pet. <laughs> <laughs> and who generally pays for utilities and landscaping services and such? Well, the utilities, the people who live in the property pay yep. for them. And the landscaping services, <clears throat> we just kind of have the owner, it's all bundled in and it's paid by the rent, you know, but the, but right. we, that is supplied by the, um, like if there's a pool or a yard, yeah. we, the, the owner of the property, Hey, you're responsible for that bill. And yeah. you know, you pass it on to the renter yeah. to pay that. But, um, but yeah, when a person moves into the property, that's all handled. I don't want somebody, I don't want the people living there being responsible for that. And they're nice people, but they don't get around to it for two months and exactly. the place looks like a mess. Yeah, yeah, as a property owner, you want a pool service and you want yeah. landscaping services. Yeah. You don't want the pool to be green in a week or two. Right. You know? so, yeah. yeah. So, so um, 
So yeah, that's all provided. But like your PG&E and your water and your trash and everything like that, if it's a house, the people living there pay, those bills are in their name. Okay. So um, is renter's insurance required? It's re, uh, So there's no law on that, but um, we um, advise our owners to require that. Okay. Okay. And it's really good for everybody to have renter's insurance that avoids a lot of problems. So all the properties that we uh, we market, renter's insurance is required. And, yeah. and, uh, and because if something happens, this is in the past years ago, whatever, the power goes out and all their food spoils in the refrigerator. You know, the, the, the renter, the people live there, they're like, why well, want the owner to pay for all I'm like, wait, the owner never signed up to, if the power went off, they take care of all your food or, or any of these other things. So we're like, be responsible, you know, like get some insurance if, if the pace burns down. Yeah. Or break in and anything, valuables. Anything. Stolen. Have insurance. Yeah. If you wreck your car, you know, the other guy should have insurance, but, mm -hmm. you know, you should have. Anyway, so yeah. if everybody has the insurance and it's cheap, it's not a lot of money, we, no more problems there. We, we, we're not, we were a long time ago being, you know, um, mediators, you know, like yeah. back and forth. I'm like, you know, the owner doesn't have any responsibility with this. So anyway, you got insurance, it's covered. Yeah. Yeah. I had this rental home in Phoenix years ago and, it caught on fire. It was an accident. It was almost a brand new house, and the tenant was living there, and the house was inhabitable. They had to leave, and it wasn't just the fire, but the smoke and water damage ruined everything they owned. Mm -hmm. They didn't have renter's insurance. They literally had to leave with the clothes on their back. Yeah, and I felt really and bad for that. Suing you know? the property owner no, no, they didn't do that. But I mean. I had my insurance. I got the house rebuilt. But, but your insurance doesn't cover their loss. No, it doesn't. Mm. They it's, think it does. It, right. Yeah. But it didn't. Yeah, don't, I, they, that's funny because they go like, well, don't you have insurance? Yes, to cover my stuff. Yeah. Right. My insurance doesn't cover your stuff. And renter's insurance, like you said a minute ago, it's really inexpensive. It's a great deal. Plus, there's theft coverage with most uh, oh, yeah. renter's insurance, yeah, too. Yeah, it's reasonable. There's different policies and things like that. But, you know, if you need a place to spend the night, if the I always think if the place burns down. Or if it gets burglarized, you know, let's say it's nobody's fault. It happens. You're covered. Yeah, it's good to have. Um, I, I think we talked about this. Yeah, but, we uh, did. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, so, well, maintenance, repairs, you, you have a list of contractors you work with? Yes. Okay. Well, I was going to ask, so how, do you, like, have a regular scheduled inspection uh, where you go to the property like once a year or yes. every six months to make sure things aren't getting too far out of hand. To make sure there's not uh, like, a, like a grow house going on there. Something right? like that. A puppy mill or something like that. Well, what do you call those inspections? Annual inspections. Oh, interesting. Annual, annual property reviews. We don't like to use the word inspection because we're not like licensed inspectors. Say, so right. we're reviewing the property. Make sure there's no leaks underneath the sinks and, you know, make sure they're okay. taking care of the house. That's a great we, we know the psychology of a tenant is that a lot of tenants don't want to say anything's wrong with right. the property. They don't want right. to bother anyone. They want to lay low, just live there. They yeah. don't, you know, they don't want to cause issues. Yeah, yeah they're afraid it, that they're like, you're going to raise the rent if yes. I say that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what's nice, and also if you have a house and you got the, the yard maintenance people um, there, you got eyes on the property. Oh, yeah. And right. if there's things that break that every once in a while, yeah, it's, it's good to have people just going yeah. there and checking on it. So if there's something weird going on, They'll t we don't have to do an inspection, but the, the gardener goes there and they says, hey, you know, whatever, there's tinfoil on all the windows. <laughs> I better check that out, you know. 
because yeah, mm -hmm. we're not driving around every week looking at all the properties and stuff. So, but uh, yeah, we don't we don't have those problems. Uh, and uh, with annual reviews of the properties, it really limits any of those type of things. I mean, the mm -hmm. the, the 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 people living in the property when they signed up for that, they know that's going to happen. They were agreeing to that. Yeah. So we got to check the smoke detectors to make right. sure they work, right. the CO detector, make sure there's no leaks. So it's not spying on them. You yeah. know, you, you can spy on them a little bit, but you're more going there to make sure, hey, if something happens, this house is in good shape. Well, to be fair to a lot of tenants, they're not um, really tuned into maintaining a house. Right. Yeah. You know? yeah, they, so. yeah, they don't, they, if they never owned a house and had to do those type of things, so... But, but mostly, I mean, really, you go there to make sure there's no surprises that the way they're living. And, but, but but we're not there, like, checking to see, you know, we're not yeah. there to check to see if they make their beds and stuff. Like that. <laughs> right. We're going there to make sure that the smoke detectors work and there's not, like, a uh, uh, something that they're not even aware of. But, like, yeah. underneath the kitchen sink or the bathroom sink, yeah. like, leaks or you ask them, hey, you know, is there anything you need to let me know about yeah. that needs to be fixed, blah, blah, blah. So that's because there's people that own rental properties and they haven't been in them in years right you know mm -hmm. and and then the people move out and there's a whole host of problems that are expensive to fix that could have been minimal but because they never knew about it no one ever, because the, the people living there didn't want to alarm right the owners they go out and like you know right. you have this little leak that if it was fixed there'd be no problem but now right. the whole kitchen floor right. is dry rotted right. yeah. so it's super important to yeah. do that you know just just for that reason just to yeah. make sure things are okay so in um there's two different fee structures one is the leasing fee and one is the property management fee so what are the leasing fees what do you typically charge to lease find a tenant to lease a property I think, uh, <laughs> I believe we're charging, I think, 8%. Okay. 8% of, uh, of the annual rent. So if a okay. property rented for $3,000 a, uh, a month uh, for a year, that's $36,000. So what we would charge for our services would be 8% of that. So it would be a $2,880 leasing fee. Okay. All right. And that's a one-time fee. But we do all the same things we do for anybody else. We're just not managing it. You know, we're just right. like, we did everything, da, 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 and now we placed a, a, a resident there for so you. So first, so screening the tenant, uh, compliance with all the laws about doing the lease right and all those things, you've got a leasing fee. And then separate of that is the ongoing periodic property maintenance. So that's a different fee structure, right? The, yeah, well, maintenance. Property management. Property management. Oh, property management, yeah. yeah. So, so leasing is at 8% because... I mean, our business again. For we're a for-profit business, and uh, and we want to and we want to stay in business for a long time. So the way our business grows and we stay in business is having a portfolio of properties that we manage. So a leasing, doing a lease, uh, we may never hear from that person again for years. You know, they might live there for a long time before the owner needs our services again. So we charge a higher rate for that mm -hmm. at eight uh, percent. We charge six point nine percent if we're leasing and managing a property. So it's almost a discount right? Okay. on the leasing fee, but you know, because we're gonna have it and then for years. Then there's a monthly. Correct. Yeah. All right, so you have some property owners that wanna self-manage, but they want your professional expertise to find the property, tenant, lease, right. put it together. Now it's on the owner to manage it. Yeah, after we put yeah. somebody in there, they're collecting the rents and dealing with any maintenance issues, the backed up toilets, whatever, that's what they wanna do. But a lot of people, 
don't have access to the credit bureau to pull people's credits or the right kind of, you know, applications and things like that to do, or, right. or they just don't, or, or advertising, how do you get qualified people? So they're willing to pay for that. Mm -hmm. And if you get, and we get great people. So, mm -hmm. you know, they're in there and they just collect the rents and yeah. just deal with surprise maintenance issues. Right. Yeah. Well, and then there's um, rent control, which is a whole different topic in and of itself that could take hours to That's get a through. Whole, you have to come right. and have me come back on the show. <laughs> yeah. Talking about that. An, another another time. Another time. That. Yes, yes, yes. Right. So yeah. Well, that's basically our questions for you today. Oh, yeah. thank you, yes. officer. <laughs> the interrogation. We'll take the deposition. Turn that light off, boy. <laughs> Sign here. Yeah. Well, I hope I hope this was. Yes, helpful. helpful. Yeah, I mean, and, and really say, these are really good questions. These are really good questions. I think if a if I had a a, a potential client that was thinking about hiring us, yeah. and if they asked these questions, I, I would question. I would think they would go away going, okay, good. I really know a right. lot what's going on. Yeah. So mm -hmm. tell to tell our listeners how they can find you. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> so my phone number is the best way to reach me. You can call me on my cell phone, which is area code nine two five eight seven eight. 1603, or you can email me at, I'll tell you and then I'll spell it. So it's Joe Stokely at stokelyproperties.net. That's my name, J O E S T O K L E Y at mm -hmm. S T O K L E Y P R O P E R T I E S dot N E T. Joe Stokely at stokelyproperties.net. Or or, uh, or your website. You have or our, we have a website. You have a really great website that Thanks. really uh, lays everything out, including yeah. your fees and everything's all that. there. So yeah, it's everything's a, all it's trans very comprehensive. Yeah, stokelyproperties.net. Okay. Stokelyproperties.net is the website, and uh, yeah, everything's there. Uh, mm -hmm. Tells us tells tells what we do, what we charge, what properties we have available. Uh, if you want to apply for uh, to rent a property, I mean, it's all there. Mm -hmm. So it's very very easy to use. Good. Great. Well, nice talking with you. Um, thank you for listening to this episode of Real Estate Pro Tips and Strategies. This is Leslie Whitney with Pete Sabine. We are the five-star real estate team, and we know how to set the stage for your success. Call us to win with us, 925-297-5335. Discover more real estate pro tips. Find our podcast at fivestarrealestateteam.podbean.com. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. We hope you enjoy our real estate pro tips and strategies, and we encourage you to share our podcast with anyone you know who is looking to buy or sell a home. Be sure to like and subscribe. And if you're watching on YouTube, feel free to ring the bell next to the subscribe button so you won't miss a single episode. Thank you to our producer, Sam Loveman with Painless Podcasts for making this podcast happen. I'm Leslie Whitney with Pete Sabine, and we are the five-star real estate team. Join us for our next episode of Real Estate Pro Tips and Strategies. Call or text 925-297-5335 to reach us with your questions and referrals or send an email to info at 5starrealestatepro.com.